Hi, everybody. Kim Winter. Thanks for joining us today's show. Uh, today, I have a guest uh, based in Dubai, uh, Australian um, physician, specialist, consultant, uh, doctor, and general all-round font of knowledge on healthcare and uh, medical issues. He's the Chief Executive Officer of uh, Rivers International Management uh, Services. I happen to have known this gentleman for over 20 years. Um, he has been a Chief Medical Advisor uh, here in Dubai. He has been an Australian Healthcare Advisory Council member, in fact, still is, um, to the Australian government up here, has worked in Saudi Arabia and uh, had his own practice way back in, in Australia. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Dr. Ben Hanson. Hey, Ben. Hi, Kim. It's a pleasure to be back with you. Great to see you. And we, we caught up last year in the middle of the year or so just talking about how COVID had affected businesses, particularly in, in the corporate sphere and, and strategies around that. And, of course, since then, we've had um, the second and third waves come through. Um, you and I caught up the other day. I know you, you are now specialising in consulting to corporates around not so much about the the retrospective and what to do once COVID hits business, but now you're talking about getting on the front foot, proactively building plans, strategies and execution plans to help companies manage through. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in the practice and some of the work that you're doing. Sure, Kim. So there's a lot more demand now from companies who are really trying to get ahead of this pandemic. Uh, I think all the the uh, hopeful talk that we had last year and even the year before that things would um, be over quickly. I mean that that's been shown to be false. Uh, this 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 uh, COVID virus is here to stay for at least another five years, and we're going to have disruptions probably two waves a year in that time. So companies really need to start making a strategy. Uh, to get in front of the pandemic, to prepare their workforce, to prepare their businesses uh, for when the waves hit. And that strategy needs to be agile. It needs to be able to ramp up quickly, ramp, ramp down quickly. And I think, you know, uh, it's, especially in some countries where there's a, a lot of government, uh, people have gotten the notion that just let the government do it. We'll just get everyone. We'll just follow the government's advice. And while that's fine, from a public health point of view, the government are not advising companies on how, on how to do their business. And that's really quite a different thing because you have to maintain your competitive advantage and the market's changing really rapidly. Uh, without a proper strategy to manage COVID, you're likely to have significant uh, uh, human capital disruption, supply chain disruption, uh, financial disruption. Uh, there's been so many businesses that have gone under already just because they weren't really prepared and they were reacting rather than getting ahead, getting supplies, getting policies and procedures, educating their teams, uh, developing hybrid work models, uh, really reinforcing the public health uh, measures in the workplace and testing in the workplace uh, to keep the workplace as healthy as possible try and prevent some of these outbreaks. Uh, I mean, what we know with Omicron is that one person that comes into your workplace can infect 250 people in one day. So I think we've seen examples of this. So it's it's incredibly important uh, to have a strategy ready uh, and to have it implemented and, and make sure everybody knows what that strategy is. It's got to be simple. It's got to be clear. 
it has to be understood by everyone in the company from the CEO down to the, the lowest levels uh, and, and uh, people have got to live and breathe that strategy. Amazing. I mean, things have moved very, very quickly. And as I said, uh, you know, what, what I see is, is different about what, you, what you're doing uh, with, uh, with your, your organisation is that you're not only responding to companies in regards to just giving some general advice, you're being prepared to drill down, look into what their specific needs are, look at the infrastructure. I mean, I was very fortunate to sit in on a, on a meeting you had the other day in terms of disclosure um, with a New Zealand company, one of the largest uh, logistics companies in New Zealand. And, uh, you know, the questions you are asking about, you know, how many drivers have they got, where are the warehouses, how many warehouses, how many people are, are casual, how many are full-time, and then looking to, you know, build a strategy around Omicron in particular, which, of course, is going to be is going to be coming and hitting New Zealand from what you were saying pretty hard. And, and why do you think it is that it's, it's hitting Australia and New Zealand uh, harder as it's beginning to hit in now? So Australia and New Zealand are in a unique position that they haven't had any waves of coronavirus really run through, whereas the rest of the world, Europe, North America, the Middle East, Asia, they've had big waves run through. So a lot of the population has developed natural immunity as well as being vaccinated. So you've got the double benefit. Uh, vaccination, as we're seeing with Omicron, might help reduce uh, serious illness and certainly helps reduce death but it's not really doing much in terms of preventing infection. Maybe a little, but not much. Uh, so uh, having that natural immunity uh, really aids to that, uh, you know, infection prevention, or if people get infected, they have, it's, it's so mild that they have no symptoms. And no symptoms usually means not very infectious for other people, usually. So Australia and New Zealand, with their tight border controls, they certainly might have preserved uh, their uh, business environment to an extent, uh, but ultimately the virus is going to run through and companies have got to be ready. It's it's not the case of the sky is falling. We're all going to get through this, or most of us will, uh, It's but we have to be prepared. And if we're prepared, the impact will be much less. It's well, not inevitable that it's going to be a complete disaster for companies. So you can really minimise the impact if you're prepared and if you get out in front of it. That's great. It's, it's interesting to hear. And I suppose what I'm interested in is, is you know, if you're build, helping a company build a strategy um, of dealing with Omricon and whatever's coming next, um, and I'd be interested to hear about what your predictions are as to what is coming next and how it might affect us. Um, in regards to strategies around what's coming up with Omicron, uh, you know, is this about just in the workplace? Is it about the sort of things and the masking, the distancing, and, and the and the hygiene that we talked about, or is it broader? Does it stretch into the broader ecosystem? And how how important of that is that if that's the case? I mean, I think the basic principles are the most important, and that's where people are really still failing. And this is a very unforgiving virus. You make one mistake and you can spread the virus through your workforce and then what's left of the workforce is probably put into isolation or quarantine. Uh, so one mistake can have really grave consequences. Uh, so it's a case of uh, screen testing your workers before they come to work. Uh, it's a case of making sure that the people are wearing the right masks uh, 
We know now that regular face masks are not very useful for Omicron and you need to use the KN95 or the N95 masks if you can get hold of them. Uh, and you need to do that, plan that in advance uh, because they greatly increase the protection. Um, activities indoors need to be minimised uh, because indoors is where you catch this virus. If you have to be indoors, then you've got to aim for ventilation, so opening all the windows if there's windows to open. If there's not, then you need to think about uh, maybe working from home or some other arrangements. Uh, simple things like having team meetings, walking outside uh, or in, out, in an outdoor space will reduce the likelihood of spreading this virus. So the social dis distancing measures are important. Masks are critically important. Testing workers is important. But you also have to have backup plans ready to go for when the virus is going to hit you. Who, who are going to be your replacement drivers? What sort of shifts are you going to be running if, you're, if you've lost 50% of your drivers or your warehouse staff? Um, how are you going to manage uh, getting supplies out to your customers? What's going to happen to your input supplies? Uh, do you have a, a more of a stockpile ready? Uh, or if you don't, can, can, you get, can you get the essentials in without going overboard? We know these waves tend to last eight to 12 weeks, really at the most. So you don't need to plan for a severe wave that's going to last nine months. It's, it's just a matter of being ready for when it comes and you have to, and it comes and hits fast. So there's no time for delays or, or dithering. When there's the threat of it coming, you need to implement your plan and stick to it until, until the wave comes and then it passes. I guess this takes me back to the turn of the century when we had the 2YK, when it was everybody was thinking there was going to be a data meltdown and, and all the, the, the systems and processes were going to online were going to be infected. Now, that never happened, but the, the world went into massive preparation and, and precaution mode for that. Um, so what are you saying that this is what companies really now need to be doing because not only is it a, 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 a possible threat, it's a probable threat that's going to hit, especially in, in countries with a low vaccination and low immunity. Um, and if they do need to do that, um, you know, how, what, are the, what are the messages, what sort of mechanisms do they need to get the message out and to get this compliance and cooperation inside the business? This, kind of, this coronavirus pandemic can be, really be a huge opportunity for a company to improve their internal communication and their teamwork. Uh, and now we have social media. All, your, all the staff are using social media. It doesn't just have to be Facebook. It can be Instagram. It can be Twitter. It, it can be emails. And it's good to utilise all of those channels uh, that's the first thing I would say is that companies need to be communicating regularly to their staff uh, using social media, not just a piece of paper stuck on a notice board. I mean, who reads that? Uh, nobody looks at any paper these days. It's all on the phone. Um, and then, then the second thing is that the communication needs to be really regular, like at least twice a week and short, short and punchy uh, and really communicate the basic messages no waffling, no like HR talk, no you know corporate speak. Simple language for all the staff to understand what what they're required to do and why and how it impacts them. And you know what what a lot of companies are finding out is that staff are looking for companies to show leadership in this way. 
And this is a big differentiating factor for people who are considering changing companies or seeking new employment. That company's COVID readiness strategy is a major factor just as much as salary. So companies need to be to think about this if you want to attract and if you want to retain your talent, having being COVID ready is a is a really important factor. And then I think the other issue is that companies who are not ready and who don't don't make the effort are potentially up for liability and litigation in the future, because this is not some acute event that's an act of God that's hit us from out of the blue. Now we've had this more than two years now. So uh, so companies have a a legal obligation to be protecting their staff and to have a a plan that can be implemented and that's effective. There's no excuse not to now. It's interesting what you say about the talent attraction, acquisition, retention piece, because as a global headhunter, I'm now getting especially younger generations, millennials, Gen Z, uh, now asking uh, about whether an organisation, what track record they've got in dealing with the pandemic, what strategies they've got in place to deal with it. This is this is something that's just uh, quite embryonic, but it's becoming more common now. And it follows through on some research that we did recently on LinkedIn, uh, whereby we put the question out, what was most important when people were joining an organisation? You know, was it salary? Uh, was it the reputation of the company? Was it the culture of the organisation and its health and safety approach? And culture and health and safety, especially around what we're dealing with the pandemic now, were, were by far the highest, more than remuneration, more than career progression, and the normal things you might have expected a few years ago. So it resonates with what you're saying. And, um, you know, I think, I think this is genuinely going to be a... a a mode of uh, operandi for organisations moving forward, needing to actually have a positioning, uh, have a strategy moving forward. I mean, I know you're talking to mainly companies in, in Australia and New Zealand at the moment, from what I understand, um, but, you know, being prepared. And is, is it just because those countries have less resistance or is it, do you think that they're just more, uh, more attuned to what's going on? Well, I think in Australia and New Zealand, the the government influence is strong and people rely on governments a little too much. Mm. And uh, so I think the, and the population hasn't really experienced living with the pandemic, really. It's, there's been, I mean, it's happening now in Australia, but, but I mean, there are people two years down the track, they're still very naive about a lot of things and so are companies. The rest of the world is, has really been doing this for a while and we've all been living through this for for two years now. Mm. Uh, we've, we've all made mistakes. Uh, there's been a lot of lessons learned, uh, but now in a lot of countries, it's businesses you know, largely returned to normal. Maybe supply chain hasn't, but but otherwise, uh, we've found workarounds. Uh, you know, we're we're finding ways to work from home or work remotely or hybrid work. Uh, we're finding ways to to deal with the, the struggles that where the pandemic's caused, and, uh, and and Australia and New Zealand really haven't been challenged with that. So now it's it's their turn, and they're going to have some hardships for the next twelve months because you know changing um, corporate uh, culture and changing the people's behaviours in a company can't be done overnight. It, it really takes time because uh, people don't like change. 
Awesome. Hey, Dr. Ben Hanson, uh, head of uh, Rivers Consulting, uh, very unique, very innovative, very entrepreneurial uh, healthcare practice. Uh, you've worked all around the world um, and uh, specifically doing a lot of consulting both uh, here in the UAE and down in the Asia-Pac area as well. And uh, I wish you well. I, I think what you're doing is very important. It's very impactful. And uh, I know many of the uh, logistics and supply chain companies have been hit hard, especially on warehousing numbers, um, supply chain providing essential goods into supermarkets and what have you, have had uh, some imminent struggles uh, in recent times. So uh, really looking forward to seeing how things progress. Um, and in another six months, I'd like to talk to you again uh, take some time of yours and just see how things have progressed and where we're at and whether we've had another wave by then. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Kim, and I'm sure that we'll have more waves yet. So uh, we don't know what's coming down the, the pipeline, but it's going to be more of the same, maybe with a few variations, but it's going to be more of the same. So it's just a matter of whether we can adjust or not. And that's um, uh, something we'll just have to wait and see. Right. Ben, how do people get hold of you if they uh, seek any input from you and want some of your advice? Uh, what's the best way to contact you? So you're welcome to contact me on LinkedIn, Dr. Ben Hanson, H-A-N-S-O-N, or you can look up the, the website, which is www.riversint, short for international, .com. And I'm happy to uh, uh, set up a meeting and we can discuss what your needs are and, and how uh, my company can be of assistance. Ben, thanks, thanks so again. Thanks so much. I know you've got a busy day lined up today, as always. <laughs> And uh, look, stay well and keep on keeping people well. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Kim. Lovely to speak to you. Yes,